Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I'm your host, Tari Kaya Allen Butler. I am a teen mom turned speaker, author, and mompreneur. My mission is to help you build healthy relationships with your children, level up your mindset, and achieve all you ever dreamed of and more. I will teach you how to level up your lifestyle in faith, family, finances, and fitness. Join me every Tuesday for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. You will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the type of lifestyle you desire. Ready to level up? Let's do it. Testing, testing. All right, we're good to go. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I am your host, Tari Kaya Allen Butler. I am a teen mom turned author, speaker, and entrepreneur. My mission is to help you build healthy relationships with your children, level up your mindset, and achieve all that you ever dreamed of. All right, so um, if you have not, please follow me on both Instagram and Facebook. Um, for Instagram, my name is at Tari Kaya. That's T-A-R-I-K-H-I-Y-A. On Facebook, it's Tari Kaya Allen Butler. Um, if you have not joined our community with Mom Keys to Mental Peace, I would love to have you. Um, for the podcast, that link will be in the show notes, Instagram, link in bio. And Facebook, the link is in the comments. Um, also, please subscribe to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast so that you can stay up to date with all of the new episodes that come out weekly, um, which is each Tuesday. All those links are in the bio, in the show notes, and in the comments. And leave your girl a review if you've been enjoying um, the information that I've been sharing on the podcast. Just hit that star, leave a quick review. And give me some feedback on what you've enjoyed, what you would like to see more of, or just some feedback and critique on how I can make the show better. Hey, Ms. Tanette, how are you? Welcome. Welcome, welcome, friend. All right, so today we're getting into part two of 2022 Life Lessons. Um, if you missed part one, that show is available on the podcast platform. So I just kind of went through um, about how life be lifing, <laughs> but God be guiding, right? And pretty much how there is always highs, there's always lows in our lives. Like out of the 365 days, we're going to experience some type of high, some type of low. It's just, it, it just is what it is, right? It's a part of life. But um, I also shared how, you know, we have to cherish those high moments when they happen low moments when they happen, because there's always a lesson to be learned. Um, the things that we go through is never a loss, is never in vain. My Bible says that God can, you know, work everything out for our good. So even though some seasons are a little harder to see the lesson or to see a bright side in it, be sure that you stick close enough to God until, you know, he can reveal that to you. So um, in that process, you know, try not to ask why you're going through it, but more so what is the lesson that you can learn from it? All right. So we're going to hop into part two today of my 2022 life lessons. Um, and I'll just do a quick recap of 
the titles of what I learned um, for part one. So for part one, I learned to be present, um, the power of rest, and how to practice what I preach. So again, you can catch the replay for that on the podcast platform. All right, so today we're getting into some more juiciness of what I've learned um, for my life lessons of 2022. And one of the things is how to forgive God's way. How to forgive God's way. So if you are a Christian, um, you have heard you know, on forgiveness that God died for our sins. He forgave us for our sins. But your girl was challenged <laughs> this year when it came to forgiveness. And I have a lot of stories when it comes to forgiveness, either me having to forgive somebody or me having to be forgiven for something like it goes both ways here. So I decided to talk about the Plato's Closet incident as far as forgiveness. So if you have not known or have not followed me, I'll give you a little backdrop of what I'm talking about. So Plato's Closet is a... Um, it's like a thrift store here in my community, um, well, near my community in Fayetteville, that you can take gently used items to, and they'll, you know, take your items in exchange for money. So I ended up getting into a altercation <laughs> with the store owner there, which I strongly feel like was a case of racial discrimination. Like, clearly, I had video footage. Um, the police were called on me in my face. I recorded that video. And that was just really a dark time for me mentally. And when I look back on it now, it happened this year, I'm back in August. But when I look back on it now, I see um, that the enemy definitely had a strategic plan and he was trying to derail me from some things, excuse me, because the level of <laughs> revenge and unforgiveness was on my heart like at a 10. Like your girl was on one. I was on a mission to come for this lady and come for all that she had done. I felt disrespected. I felt wrong, like definitely out of place. I don't play stuff about racism. Like, come on, girl, we in 2022. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so I was very angry. I was very bitter. And like I said, the spirit of revenge was really stirring up deep into my heart. So I posted the footage of her. The footage got like over 10,000 views and comments between Facebook and Instagram. I had reached out to lawyers. I reached out to people that she was connected to. I had a plan for my revenge for her. Um, I wanted to catch her up in her ways and expose her for what she did to me. But if you are a Christian, if you've walked with God anytime, and this is how you know the fruit of the spirit is working his way in you, God had to check your girl, check me all the way. And if you're anything like me or still kind of new in your walk, you're probably thinking, why he got to check you? You weren't the one in the wrong. She's the one being racist and rude and all of this stuff to you, right? I had those same thoughts as well. But the closer that I got with God and the deeper that I was sinking into that feeling of revenge, I felt him like reach down and pull me and kind of like, you know how your mama got to grab your cheeks and turn your face like, listen to me, look at me, <laughs> I'm talking to you. Um, I definitely felt myself getting checked by God that way. And I'm, I'm grateful that he he corrects his children. So pretty much God told me to stop seeking revenge. Stop seeking revenge. In Leviticus 19 and 18, it clearly states, 
Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but leave your excuse me, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And I feel like anytime a scripture says I am the Lord in God's terms, that's him saying, period, <laughs> like done. That's it. Finished. That's the word. That's what I said. So in him clearly telling me, you know, do not seek revenge. Do not bear a grudge against anyone. Why, is, why does he say this? Why does he tell us to not hold grudges in our heart? Because those grudges, <laughs> they turn and fester into other things and they start to spill over into other activities and other behaviors that are not of God. So me trying to expose this lady and blast her, um, calling her names, trying to bring harm to her business, trying to stop her income, none of that is of God. And he really had to check me on forgiveness when I'm feeling so, um, what's the word, feeling so disrespected and all of this or whatever from her. But it's like, okay, Tari, how have you treated me? Look at your walk with me before you have got to where you are. And there's still some days that I fall short where I'm sure I disappoint God or I'm not um, being respectful to him and my thoughts and my words or my ways and my actions. So he really had to check me on that. And pretty much, like I said, his word clearly says, do not seek revenge or bear grudge. So anything that God tells us in his word is for our benefit. It's not for his. There's a reason we should not hold grudges, because like I said, those feelings spiral into other things, thoughts and behaviors that are not of him. Proverbs 20, 22 says, do not say I'll pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord. He will avenge you. So God really had to check me on that because as I'm doing all these things, reaching out to all these people, trying to expose this lady, he revealed to me that I was trying to get payback myself. I was doing all the work for myself. And y'all, when I look back on it, I can see the physical um, strength that I was having to use, the physical drain that I was using in trying to expose this lady. Like I was distracted at work. I'm supposed to be pulling kids for speech but I'm online uh, emailing somebody or sending them footage of a video. Then I found myself like distracted with my kids. So the video footage that I had of her, y'all, I was just like constantly replaying it. Rewind it a little bit, fast forward a little bit, looking deep into things. How could she have said that there? Like my mind was completely distracted. Clearly the enemy had a plan. Like I, I just felt anger rising up in me every time I watched that video over and over and over again. And God had to reveal to me, you're trying to get revenge yourself when revenge is mine. Then he had to check me again because, okay, Lord, I know you say revenge is yours, but I want to see the revenge. <laughs> like you can do what you're going to do to her, whatever, but I want to see it happen. I want to know how her business falls. I want to know how she was paid back for being rude and disrespectful to me because that was not right. And God had to reveal to me that that was not my place. <laughs> that was not my place to, to see that, um, to see that play out. And pretty much there's no telling what heart work he was doing in her because I know how I want to get revenge, but God has a way of getting revenge in a way that people's hearts turn to him. Cause at the end of the day, he revealed to me that she is his child. As much as I didn't like what she did, as much as I hated how she treated me, at the end of the day, she is his child and she has a story as to why she was that way. Um, and I'll get further into that um, as I share with this point. But 
y'all, <laughs> huge, huge mindset change because your girl is definitely was on it. Miss Tanette says, that's definitely good. Forgiveness is harder when you feel justified. Yes, the other person was clearly wrong, but we bear the responsibility of forgiving. So, so glad that you said that, Miss Tanette, because it definitely is a responsibility. And a responsibility is a job. <laughs> it takes effort and intentionality on your part, right? Because, and I felt like it was easy for me to get back at her because like you said, I felt justified. I clearly have the footage of her being rude and disrespectful. And I will say, I can reveal this, like when I posted the video, I heard God a few times tell me, delete that video. You need to delete that video. You need to take that video down. You need to stop sending that video to people. And if anyone knows, like as a digital creator, your whole purpose is like your analytics, like you want engagement. You want people coming to your page. So my percentages were rising high, like <laughs> skyrocket. All of this engagement, all of these people coming to my page, all of this exposure. But the one thing that helped me to finally delete it <laughs> after he told me several times was he revealed to me that all of the traffic that was coming to my page was from an evil place. Those people were from a wicked place. It was to come and see her be evil and wicked and their responses were getting me riled up because some people felt like, well, what was wrong? What you mean what was wrong? So now I'm going all in like, do you not see? <laughs> do you not hear what she said, what she did? So once I had that revelation of, you know, the energy that was coming to my page, I was like, okay, yes, I want my audience to grow. Yes, I want engagement, but I don't want it this way. I don't want these type of people on my page and in my comments um, and I don't want people to come just for that. Like, I feel like I have something special to offer. I have something valuable that I'm offering. And now people are only coming to see some drama. No, that's not what I want. So that revelation helped me to finally delete the video, delete all the comments and things. And my engagement went down like over 50%. But y'all, when I say the wave of peace that came over my mind and my body, when I finally did that, it was like, Okay, God, this is what you wanted. Who cares about the numbers? Who cares about the engagement? I'm walking in obedience of what you told me to do. And that's what forgiveness looks like his way. So the only way that I was able to forgive was because if I didn't forgive her, God would not forgive me. I had to have compassion for her once I did research of her story um, and realized her background a little bit. Now, not saying that I know her altogether, but I was doing some research on your girl, <laughs> like um, her organizations that she was connected to, how she started her business. Like I was ready to go deep <laughs> into this. But um, in my research, I realized that she was like a single mom. She was divorced. Her father owned a business and pretty much passed it on to her. Um, but she expanded, you know, the Plato's Closet um, business realm on her own, pretty much. So a lot of the things that I saw, like she took pride in her business. She took pride in her ownership and the fact that she was able to create something as a woman, um, with so many, you know, men dominating in the field that she's in as far as business. So once I saw that, I got to reflect on like some of her comments that she was making, like, this is my property and you will not, you know, disrespect me on mine, like all this ownership stuff. And it was like, okay, I can kind of have compassion because there's no telling what she went through with 
the men competitors for her to get this. So she is like holding on tight to what she owns. But I know at the end of the day, God owns everything, <laughs> period. So that helped me to kind of release some of that anger towards her. Like, sis got her own issues. I'm one small part to whatever the bigger issue is behind it. And I'm not going to make myself bigger in her life than what I am right now. Also, the point of if I don't forgive her, God won't forgive me. Y'all, we read over this stuff like it's nothing and skim, skim over it, but it's really deep. So Ephesians 4 and 32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone. So this goes really deep into, you know, what we do for others is what God will do for us. If we forgive other people, God will show forgiveness to us. If we don't show forgiveness to people, God will not forgive us. So I didn't want to walk around with burdens in my heart towards this woman. And God looking at me like, well, you didn't forgive her, so I can't forgive you. And I don't know about y'all, but I need God's forgiveness. <laughs> I need him to forgive me for all my mess, all of my thoughts, my words, my actions, known and unknown. Like I want to be in alignment with him. That that really matters to me. So slowly but surely, I, you know, released that anger and had to walk into forgiveness um, with her. So that was my lesson <laughs> that I learned on forgiving God's way. Um, I love God. I love walking with him. But when you're truly connected, there's going to be some challenges and there's going to be some correction. But at the end of the day is to make us better because he's a good father. We have to view him that way. Think about your children. If your children are going down the wrong path, if it takes some correction or grabbing their jaws to look at you and listen to you and hear the message, you're going to do it. I know, like, say like a baby getting ready to touch a hot stove. You're going to pop that baby's hand to not touch the fire because, you know, the fire can hurt them. And I felt like that's what God was doing um, with me as far as my heart and forgiveness in this season, because I've come a long way um, when it comes to forgiving people. And I'm that person that will apologize and ask for forgiveness a lot of times, too. But I felt myself like sinking, <laughs> sinking really deep into this bubble of revenge like oh no 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 you're not gonna disrespect me <laughs> not me but at the end of the day revenge is up to god i have no update on what has happened to this woman i believe her business is still running things are still going fine for her all that i know but i've accepted that that's not my place to know maybe i'll never know maybe i'll never see what the revenge is for her who knows? But like I said, God can do it way better than what I was doing <laughs> with the energy that I was coming with. All right. And the next lesson that I learned for 2022 is the importance of spending time with God. So I always knew that time with God was important, but God challenged the way that I spent time with him this year. So, you know, I did your typical things. I would go to church. I would watch um, maybe YouTube sermons read a scripture of the day, do a devotional, whatever. But I felt like it was very surface level as far as my time with God or kind of like a checklist, like, oh, I did this this week. Oh, I did this today. But it wasn't really deep or connecting or 
how can I say, like, I didn't really feel connected to what I was doing. It just felt mundane or just routine. So God really challenged me to dig deeper <laughs> with him this year. And I'm grateful for that. So um, one way that I was able to spend time with him is by studying his word deeper. So like I said, usually I would do just like a verse of the day or a verse in my devotional. But now I've been going into like the background context of scripture. So I'm not just reading the scripture of the day. Now I'm reading the chapter of the day. OK, who wrote this chapter? Who wrote this book of the Bible? What was going on during this time in the Bible? What was the message of this book? You know, what were they getting behind it? So I'm going deeper into the background of the scripture instead of just reading one scripture and checking it off like, OK, I did my part today. Um, I'm really big into words as far as, you know, a speech therapist and a speaker. So anytime that I read God's word, I like to underline like key words and look up the definitions for them. And I've learned that this has helped to bring the word more to life to me, um, as well as like reading it in different translations to see what different words mean. So I have my phone beside me because I'm going to use my technology <laughs> and um, I'll just say to Siri, hey, what does what is the definition of X, Y, Z? And as that comes up, I'll write it, you know, write it out in my journal. I have my journal with me. So it's not just me reading it. I'm writing down what I'm getting from it, writing down scripture, context, writing down the definitions, like really going deeper into his word. Another thing that I'm doing new this year is asking, how can I apply this word to my real life situations? So kind of like how I shared about um, applying the scriptures for forgiveness to my life. Any scripture that I read at the end, I'm asking, okay, what does this look like in my real life? How can I apply this in my real life? What does God want me to do with this word? And in these things, I found that it really shows like, okay, God, I'm seeking you. I'm trying to build a relationship with you. I care about what you have to say. I care about what my life looks like according to your word. Not saying that I'll get everything right or perfect, but you know, um, his word also says that his people lack excuse me, his people fail due to lack of knowledge or perish or struggle. One of those things have a hard time due to lack of knowledge. Right. So I, I love learning. I love knowledge. But wisdom is knowledge applied. So I don't want to just hoard all this information in my head and do nothing with it. A great example of this is like your screenshots in your phone. I'm like a huge screenshotter for memes or a cute outfit or a recipe or something. Then I'll get a notification in my phone about my storage being full and I'll go through all these screenshots and it's like, I ain't looked at these since I screenshotted it <laughs> or I haven't tried any of this stuff just sitting here hoarding in my phone. Right. So God convicted me on that. Like, I don't want to just read a verse of the day or read the scripture and go on about my day. No. How am I going to use this? <laughs> how is this going to show up in my life? And I really appreciated that change. Um, also too, as far as spending time with God, I've been trying to pray more strategic prayers. So one thing that has helped me with this is, um, a book by Priscilla Shire called Fervent Prayers. And I'll leave the link to this, um, in the show notes of the podcast. Y'all, this book, I love it because it has broke down prayer into like different categories and different strategies on how you can pray specifically for those. Um, I will say a lot of times I felt like my prayers were kind of routine 
even lazy, even I will say, or mundane, kind of like my scripture time, just kind of going through the motions, just kind of doing it because I said it as it laid me down to sleep. I prayed to love myself to keep <laughs> and my grace. I don't play about my grace. I'm going to say my grace and I'm going to pray before I go to sleep. But um, God has challenged me to pray outside of that and not just come to him like when something's wrong, but like that prayer is just conversation with him. Prayer is me be being vulnerable with him. What went well today? What didn't go well today? And um, journaling has really, really helped me with that to just be like open with my prayers. So I kind of write my prayers out in my journal as like a letter to God, dear God, X, Y, Z, and go through that way. Just kind of emptying my thoughts, emptying my concerns to him, emptying my gratitude to him for what I'm grateful for, for what he's done to me. And I found that that has really helped me to improve my prayer life as well. Um, instead of me just talking to God, I listen for him to talk back to me. So prayer is a conversation. If you've ever been in a conversation with somebody that hijacks the conversation, it's not good, right? It's not fun when they're just going on and on and talking and you're trying to get a word in, but they won't stop talking. So I've tried to implement some quiet time after I pray to just see what does God have to say back to me? And I will say that being in my word helps with being able to discern what God says back to me because God's word is alive. So if you're in his word and you're reading scripture and you're in that quiet meditation time, you'll kind of remember scripture that you've read. You'll kind of remember certain things that you saw in the Bible or lessons that you learned and kind of hear, you know, that confirmation in his voice to you on what you should do to solve a problem or confirmation on how you're doing well in an area. So I will say that has been special um, to experience that with God. And even for that, I'll write that out because I mean, hello, is God speaking? <laughs> I wanna keep record of that. I wanna keep record of his promises, his direction of what he's saying to me. Um, and like I said, this has helped me to get out of that routine prayer for like grace and going to bed <laughs> at night. So. I'm grateful for digging deeper into that. Um, and pretty much I've just been intentional about starting and ending my day, seeking and connecting to God in some way, shape or form. Um, I shared my morning routine on my Facebook post not too long ago. Um, I am waking up at 4.30 a.m. Now, granted, I go to bed about 9.30, 10 o'clock and all my kids are on that schedule. Everybody's with the program. We know what it is. And my husband works third shift. So when he leaves out, we're, <laughs> we're in the bed, like the, the day is over. It is what it is. So that's why I'm able to wake up at 4.30. I also bake cookies and any baker life people know you have to get that stuff done early. So I just kind of um, multitask when I'm doing that. So while I'm rolling cookies or prepping cookies, I might have a sermon going on. Or I might just spend that time praying and talking to God, or I'm listening to worship music. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I try to switch it up every here and here and there, but to make sure that I'm seeking him at the beginning of my day. Then at the end of the day, I may journal or reflect on what went well, what didn't go well. Um, God, what do I need your help with? What are my concerns? Um, and I'm more detailed in my nightly prayer as well. I've started praying with my kids at night. Um, my five-year-old, she'll start to come to me now and say, mommy, are we going to do prayer tonight before we go to sleep? So 
I'm grateful that I have incorporated that in my family. Um, I've let them lead prayers sometimes, which is always funny. Let your kids pray, y'all. <laughs> um, it's a no judgment zone. And I think it helps them to set that tone like, okay, prayer is simply just a conversation with God, <laughs> right? Um, I think God appreciates humor and I definitely get some good laughs in um, when my kids pray, but also it's, it's teaching them that foundation that you can come to God about anything. Um, so I'll pray, they'll pray. And that's something that we do to connect with God as a family. And I do enjoy that. Um, John 15 and five says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. So pretty much what the scripture is saying to me, Miss Tanette, kids are just honest, sometimes funny though. Yes, <laughs> they really are. I love it. <laughs> so pretty much what John 15 and five is saying to me is that apart from God, we can do nothing, right? If we're not connected to him the way the branch is to the vine, we have no um, access to his resources, to his help, to his insight. We're pretty much just a random little branch thrown out here in the world. And I will say, you know, life is hard, period, with God or without God. But I would rather go through hard times with God, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, if life is going to be hard, period, okay, I understand that. But why not have some type of advantage <laughs> by being connected with God and having a relationship with him? And I think that has helped me to change, like, my viewpoint on life this year. Like, yes, high moments, low moments. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, I've got God on my side. At the end of the day, I'm connected to him. And at the end of the day, whatever's happening right now is for a reason or for a purpose. And you have to think like, what, what is good to God isn't necessarily good to us. Like we don't know the true meaning of good and bad. Our good and bad is from our perspective and our experiences, but his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So what we think might be bad, he might be thinking this is exactly what needs to happen for my purpose to prevail or for my plan to prevail. So I try to keep that in mind um, through any moments. And also, um, I just can't help but to think like after what Jesus Christ did for me and for you on the cross, like I owe him my life. Why not have a relationship with somebody that loved me so much <laughs> that they died on the cross to save my sins? that they died on the cross for me to be reconciled back to him at the end of this life. That, you know, even though I go through things, he has equipped me with strategies and with the Holy Spirit and with prayer to communicate with him. Like I, I owe him my life. I have no choice but to give my life to him. Romans five and eight says, but God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that's pretty much like dying for your worst enemy in order for them to be saved. Would you do that? And I'm talking about, you know, this lady at that store being rude to me. God died for her too. Would I do that for somebody? The answer is a definite no. <laughs> a definite no. While we were sinners, he died for us. So I can't even wrap my brain around the, the magnitude of what that means. And I'm just forever grateful. I will suggest... Um, for a good visual of this, for you to watch The Passion of the Christ. 
It's a great visual as a reminder of what Jesus went through to redeem us back to him. Um, that movie came out in like 2004 and I hadn't seen it since. I tried to watch some of it like last month with my son and I couldn't even finish it. I got to like the whipping when they were beating him um, with the sticks and those whips and stuff. And it was just like, whoo, that was all I needed as a reminder, like, man, God, I'm so grateful for what you went through, for what you did for me and for my life. So that has helped me to dig deeper into him and not be lazy <laughs> or be too mundane with with my relationship checking off lists like religious acts. No, I, I want to be connected and I want this thing to be real with him. All right. So that's all that I have for you all today. I thank you again for tuning in with me. I appreciate having y'all here. Um, again, all the links for the resources will be in the show notes on Instagram. All the links are in my bio, Facebook, all the links will be in the comments. Um, please join the Mom Keys to Mental Peace community. I send out weekly emails. Um, I'll also have the link to the book Fervent Prayer by Priscilla Shire that I mentioned. I'll put the link to Passion of the Christ in the show notes, as well as the, all the scriptures that I mentioned. So if you were able to write them down, if you're busy driving or whatever, um, the links will be in the show notes with all the scriptures that I mentioned today. All right. Y'all have a blessed day, a blessed night. Thank you again for tuning in. I appreciate y'all.